Welcome to the Gentle Sleep Podcast, a podcast hosted by me, Claire, a holistic sleep consultant. And me, Josh, Claire's husband and just a regular guy. This podcast is for all of you who have felt overwhelmed by the conflicting information around baby sleep. It's for parents who want to feel empowered to follow their intuition and everyone who has longed for a sleep solution that wasn't cried out. This podcast will help you to feel encouraged, empowered, and better equipped to handle bedtime battles and naptime nightmares with each listen. If you'd like to find out more about me or have access to all of my free sleep tips and tricks, make sure you're following me on Instagram at The Gentle Sleep Coach. We're talking about involving a partner in bedtime today, which I literally was just thinking about this topic and all of the disasters that we've had with trying to get you involved with bedtime that I can't wait to unpack. Um, But to start with, I wanted to preface that although we're talking about involving a partner in bedtime, this of course can apply to anybody. Um, It's actually just really hard to list off all of the possible people who could be caring for baby. And we could never get it all right either. We could never get it all right. It's so dependent on how you... um, uh, relate to your baby and to exactly and every family dynamic is so different so That's although right. we're talking about a partner this can of course cover uh, grandparents aunts uncles friends neighbors nannies anybody who's regularly involved with your baby's bedtime um a very so- trusted uber driver like a very <laughs> Please like don't get an Uber, Uber driver, driver to put your baby to sleep. <laughs> Unless you're friends with them. You did Uber driving for a little while there. That's true. I did. But I, I was letting an Uber driver put my kids to sleep. There we go. My point so, exactly. <laughs> so we've been on a journey with, with this ourselves and we obviously can, we're going to talk through all of the things that we've done to help. But I mean, do you remember some instances where this has gone wrong like we have had an interesting setup because I fed Oscar to sleep for so long that you never really did bedtime with Oscar until I was pregnant with Theo because he kind of self-weaned as I became pregnant and then with Theo um I was always putting Oscar to bed when Theo was going to bed so for probably the first year of Theo's life I never put him down no except for that fateful trip for your brother's wedding when, oh, shall we talk about this fateful trip? Oh, yeah, and when you were out for dinner. <laughs> oh, yep. God. Okay, let us take you guys on a journey. So we had been living in Launceston. I don't know, what do you reckon? Like we moved there in December and Sam and Ruth got married in April. Mm-hmm. So five months and I was pretty lonely, really missed our friends. Um, you had managed, I think, two or three trips back, like once to get our car and another couple of random occasions, which I can't remember. My brother's Bucks weekend. Bucks night. Yeah. And that happened to be a massive flood and we ended up staying longer because <laughs> anyway, we were trapped that, in the Blue Mountains. Exactly. But like, anyway, I was just fairly jealous of Josh getting to do all these trips and I was just stuck in Tassie with the kids. So when we came up for Sam and Ruth's wedding, Sam being Josh's brother, his wife, Ruth. Um, we pre-planned, like I pre-planned with three of my friends, Mystique being one of them, Emily and Brie, that we would go out for dinner at this restaurant in the city called Chin Chin. And we booked it like, do you reckon like two months in advance? I think it was two months in advance. It was a while. It was booked out well in advance. Now, Josh had never put Theo down independently really before, but we were like, whatever it is, what it is, it's going to be great. And of course, of course, like he always settles so easily. It was a nightmare. So he like, chose I went violence. Out. 
He, he did. chose violence. Yeah. Like I fed him. He was all calm. Bree picked me up. We went to the city. We were staying maybe 40 minutes away from the city, do you reckon? Mm, 20, 25. Epping. Yeah. Epping was, to the city. It was a while. Far. Anyway, so is that Chin Chin? If you haven't been to Chin Chin, firstly, you should go if you're near one. It's this great. This is not sponsored by Chin Chin. <laughs> it's not, but I just love Chin But I'd Chin be Chin. open to it. <laughs> it's a those, delicious restaurant. To you. But the thing with Chin Chin is it's loud, right? So I'm, I have just rocked up to dinner and you've messaged me to let me know, like, Theo wouldn't go down. You were pretty calm about it. You were like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. Like, we'll work it out. I'm eating dinner. I'm not thinking about it anymore because in my mind, like Josh is like a strong, capable dad. Like he's got this. We're fine. Like Theo's usually fairly chill. Like he'll be okay. He was not okay. Hey. He was next level. In hindsight, even now that I've had a lot of experience with Theo and getting him to sleep and settling him. That was a very abnormal night, even with all the context. Yeah, us. I think he ended up yeah. actually coming down with croup the next day, which probably uh, highlights yeah. it. But Something I reckon, going on. yeah, I was like, maybe we just ordered mains, and I check my phone, and um, your mom has messaged me to let you know, let me know that Theo hasn't gone to sleep, and I'm like, that's okay. Like in my mind, I. I know he hasn't gone to sleep because you've told me. So I put my phone down and I look back and I've got more messages, but not just from your mum, but also from the rest of your family, like letting me know. What's going yeah, it on. wasn't my, good. It, my phone's blowing up and I was like, oh my gosh, poor Josh. He's been at it for like literally, do you reckon two hours at this point? It was a while. I will yeah. And honest. he didn't go to sleep until I got home, which I reckon would have been about nine. Like we cut dinner short, rushed back. I was devastated because the longed for dinner was tanked thanks to Theo but hey is that not mum life just classic um but your first attempt at putting him down was that and gosh what a disaster yeah I mean in hindsight we could have divvied it out a bit and some of the pre-planning towards the dinner could have been spent on you know preparing me to settle this kid we could have you know what which is fine exactly which is my point here is that's like not a good way to go about it. Hey, like you definitely don't want to go out for like a longed for dinner with no groundwork when your baby hasn't been settled by somebody else. So let's chat about some of the things that we can do to help when we are wanting to introduce somebody else to sleep time and and bedtime and everything like that. And we'll chat to Josh about how this kind of went for him too. I'm sure you'll just let us know as we go anyway. So first things first, We need to establish like a consistent pre-bedtime routine that everyone can use. So like wind down and pre-bedtime rituals are awesome because they're really good transitions to get your baby from play to sleep time. They're a really great time to connect and that's awesome before sleep because sleep, of course, is a really long period your baby's been separated, is going to be separated from you. Um, But lastly, it's a really strong sleep association to them. So it genuinely will cue to them that sleep time is coming. So if we can establish like a ritual or a wind down that you can do and that others can do as well, it really can take the battle away from bedtime because your baby will know what to expect. So for us, what that looks like is we pop Theo or Oscar in a swaddle. Oscar's not in a swaddle anymore. It's just moved to a bed, but he when he was younger, yeah, we'd sing him a lullaby um, and we rock him at the same time and then we pop him down and that's what our root ritual looks like. But if I didn't have that and I was doing something completely different, like I don't know, maybe I just fed him to sleep and had nothing else 
in the pre-bedtime routine other than a feed. If I'm then to get somebody else to settle him, he's got no cues that sleep time's coming. So it can be quite jarring um, when we don't have that. So firstly, trying to establish a consistent bedtime routine that everyone can use. Now, this doesn't mean like if you're feeding to sleep or cuddling to sleep or anything like that, that that needs to change. But just think about some extra things you can introduce to the process to help. Um, So that's thing number one. And obviously that's going to take a couple of weeks. So like if we were thinking about this in contact with like in context of our disaster night, we probably would want to do that like a solid six weeks before. So that would give him some good time to kind of work up to it. Now, the other thing that we can do is layer in smells. So baby gets used to smelling that person around the time we're settling them, remembering especially if baby's under one, they're attaching through the senses. That's all really helpful. And scent is so powerful as a cue when it comes to sleep as well. So lots of benefits to that. But obviously, if baby's used to smelling at uh, your partner when you're settle- when you're settling them when your partner's actually there settling them it's something that yet they're used to and that can just be something that can take that edge off a little bit so grab their top if you can um again like if this is not a partner if it's another family member like i'm all for it ask for it who cares like whatever you need to do to get yourself some spare time <laughs> gloves come off ask for your mum's top or your nanny's top or your auntie's top <laughs> take them do what you got to um, do. Exactly, exactly. So for somebody to be able to settle your baby to sleep, your baby really needs to feel comfortable and confident with them and also they need to feel like that person's going to meet their needs right so meeting their physical and emotional needs in the day can be really helpful so getting um, your partner or parents or whoever it is to do uh, caregiving with your baby in the daytime can be really helpful so like if um, they're around can they be doing the nappy changes and can they do bath time and can they feed them if they're upset can they try to comfort them before or with you Um, Um, All of these things can really help baby to establish that confidence that their needs will be met by that person, which is, of course, so powerful when it comes to bedtime. Um, And the last thing that we want to consider before we actually start layering um, partners in or or other people in um, specifically is just remembering that babies co-regulate. So they are like hardwired towards your mood. So if the person that's settling your baby feels stressed or overwhelmed or anxious, it's going to be maybe even unrealistic to expect your baby to be calm. Um, So we really need that person to be calm and have the calm that we want baby to have. I've just struck three or four people off our list (laughs) just with that one criteria. What? Like gone. (laughs) But (laughs) it's true. Can't stay calm. Yeah, it's true though. Like they really need to be calm through the process and comfortable holding space for baby's emotions, which is something that we're going to talk about. But inevitably your baby's probably going to be upset with this change, which isn't in and of itself a bad thing as long as their emotions are responded to, they're they're having, uh, yeah, they're emotions met by a loving and responsive uh, caregiver who's truly trying to de-escalate them and to co-regulate with them. But to do that, we need that person to be calm. So how can we help that person to be calm? Uh, lots of different different ways that we're going to break down a little bit more. But firstly, like as a first step, I think especially if it's your partner, actually having a conversation with them around why you want them involved with bedtime if it's something that happen- hasn't happened organically. So I know that we had this conversation um, 
not just even specifically around sleep, but I remember you were really intimidated to take the boys out alone together for a long time because they're so close in age and it's like you really have two babies. Um, yeah. And this is a great example of like where communication can be really helpful because for me I was like frustrated at you for ages <laughs> basically, <laughs> which Ooh. you know about simply because I was like, this is oh, news. Oh, no, it's not. not. Really. It's not. News. I was just trying to make it really exciting. Like this. No, is hot, it's not news. But tip. I definitely felt frustrated because I was like, well, I didn't have a choice. Like I just have to work out how to juggle the two of them. So too, you will need to work out how to juggle the two of them. And it was frustrating for me the fact that you had that option to just not. <laughs> and the same yeah, thing can sure. happen. Yeah, and the same thing is so true with a lot of the clients I work with. Sometimes all family's goals are is getting um, a partner involved with bedtime and what it can look like is one parent is feeling like they're really um, carrying the responsibility of nighttime parenting um, over the other which of course can feel really isolating especially if babysitting lots of support to get to sleep because then it's like you can't make plans over dinner time um, you can't relax at dinner time and at the end of the day it's exhausting so having like a really good calm conversation with your partner around why it is important important to you that they get involved because to them, and I'm sure you can probably speak to this, Josh, but I'm sure it's really intimidating to have never settled baby to sleep before, especially if they need lots of help and support to just be expected to do it. And if you don't have the context of why the other parent is wanting you to do that, then surely the feelings of overwhelm with the situation will probably outweigh actually and- wanting it's also natural to gravitate to something that already works rather than yeah. try to mix things up and like throw off the whole upset the apple cart. It's true. It's true. And I think sometimes just those clear conversations can be really helpful um, for sure. Um, how did you feel when you started, like when you were thrown in the deep end with settling? Well, that particular night in question when you went out with your friends, um, that wasn't an excellent example. I wasn't that no. stressed, to be honest. I just was like, I'd, I'd been a parent for two years by then. So I'm like, yeah. it'll be fine. But um, in but over the period of time following that, where I was trying to do it more regularly. Yeah. And especially after we've had that hard experience, like you're a bit scarred <laughs> from Theo literally screaming for two and a half hours. Oh, yeah. And I also had the context of um, Oscar having that happen through periods of his childhood mm. as well, yeah. thinking, oh, are we going to like a two-week or three-week stint where this kid's not going to sleep and he's going to scream constantly or whatever it may be. But, um, no, I feel like um, I kind of take it pretty lightly and just like mm. tomorrow's a new day. We'll have yeah. another try tomorrow. Um, there's no irreversible damage done in one night No, and that's the other thing. I think sometimes people get really stressed that if their baby doesn't fall asleep at exactly the same time, um, that their sleep is destroyed from that point onwards. And it's just not true. And like realistically, whenever we're making changes to the way that we settle, but especially if it's a big one like this and you have a more sensitive baby, uh, realistically, it's going to take them a longer time to fall asleep, hey? Much longer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, cool. So what do we do from there? So we've laid everything in, we've got to wind down, we've laid in smell, um, we've got the other caregiver meeting their emotional and physical needs in the day. Um, what we then want to do is to start, oh, and we've had the conversation. So 
the other person knows why it's important that they get involved um, so that you're both on the same page. The next thing to do is that we want to start layering that person in to the wind down routine. Now, how quickly you go about this is honestly so highly determined or yeah, basically your baby's temperament is going to dictate this. Some babies will be fine with a caregiver or another parent doing the entire wind down routine right from the get-go. For others, if that person hasn't really been involved with much of bedtime in the past, um, what it can look like is you might need to move slow, especially if your baby's more sensitive. So it might mean they need to just start doing the bath. And then after a couple of days of doing the bath, maybe they then can move on to reading them a book. Um, And then maybe once that's established, they can start getting them in their sleep sack and taking those little steps rather than all in one hit, really just determined by your baby's temperament and how they respond. Um, And after you're comfortable that that person has been wound in and we've done everything we can to set a really good foundation to getting them involved comes the hard part, which is them actually doing the settling. Um, Now, this is where that person being calm and being able to respond to any of the number of emotions your baby has will be really important because if this person or your partner isn't calm through the process, it's going to make it really hard for your baby to be calm. And I know that one thing that really backfired on us was me lurking in the house and watching through the monitor, <laughs> which I feel like we're so like so many of us Low are guilty key of psycho vibes. No, it wasn't. It's just like when you know someone's putting your baby to bed, you want them to do it right because you want the them to go cam, to sleep. The eye of the teddy bear just adjusting slightly. <laughs> But of course, like if I'm hovering over your shoulder figuratively through the monitor, that's obviously going to add more pressure to you when you're already feeling an immense amount of pressure because you're settling baby to bed for the first time anyway. And that's going to make it really hard for you to feel calm to calm them. Agree? Agree. Yeah. So considering like what you can do um, to help mitigate that. And honestly, my go-to tip is honestly to take a walk and give them some space. Um, We need to understand going into it, like realistically, your baby is going to have an emotional response. And that's so normal. Like it's their right to be upset by such a big change. It doesn't mean you can't make the change and it doesn't mean you shouldn't make the change. What we just need is to ensure that your partner or the person settling baby is really well equipped to respond to those emotions, to hold space for them and to support baby through the change. If they can do that, no damage is going to be done. And if it helps them to do that, uh, by having a bit of space so that they don't feel the pressure from you kind of like lurking and watching. And if you're me criticizing and correcting through the voice talk feature, uh, then that's only going to be beneficial. So I would always recommend taking a walk for a period of time that you're comfortable with. There's no right or wrong with that. Like, honestly, I've worked with clients who mum's actually going overseas for a work trip or interstate and um, her partner's going to have absolutely no option other than to settle the baby to sleep in like a week's time. So for them, they're fully comfortable with um, mum to be gone for however long it takes. But I work with other families where it's a long-term goal. It's not necessarily a short-term goal. So they might start with smaller increments and that's totally fine. It's whatever you're comfortable with. But sometimes taking the pressure off your partner by giving them space and freedom to work it out uh, between, you know, each other as in them and your baby is one of the best things that you can do. So going for a walk, going to get a glass of wine somewhere and like enjoying even half an hour of time uh, can be really beneficial for sure. Did that help you? Oh, yeah. 
yeah. big time. Yeah. It's stressful, I'd imagine. Um, and I, it's like one of those things, right, where it starts off, it's probably going to be clunky. It's going to take longer. It's going to be a bit disjointed. Your partner might feel frazzled. You might not feel confident. But again, it's like practice makes progress. So every time you give it a turn, every time your baby's exposed to that, every time partner's exposed to that, everybody gets better at it. And now like it, for us, it's like a we've got it down pat. Like you can interchange towards each of the boys, no problem problem um Mm. and that was a big journey though especially considering the fact that you were too scared to even take them (laughs) oh for sure to the park can i I ask you a question yes please if you are having a babysitter for a night and Mm. the babysitter rocks up and there might be a transition period do you recommend you would just settle the baby yourself and delay your plans or how is there any way that you could get a complete stranger to be involved Yeah. Like, again, like this is highly determined by temperament, right? Like let's just even think about it with our own kids. There's no freaking way that Oscar would let a stranger put into bed. No way. No way. Absolutely not. He'd scream and tantrum and lose his mind. Theo, I don't think would give two craps. He'd probably be fine. In fact, he was like, I remember when we in Launceston, we had like a beautiful nanny. Her name was Lanita and she would look after the boys a day a week. And the first day she was there, like settled Theo perfectly. Oscar didn't nap while she was there. So it it is a temperament thing again. So for us personally, we delay our plans just because we know like Oscar's going to for sure struggle, but that's not going to suit every baby. And thinking about the things that we can do. So if we've got a toddler, like we can talk to them about what's going to happen. We can leave them with like, if you've got a toddler, you could leave them with an item of your clothing so that we've got the smell in that way and a comfort an item of comfort um if it's a toddler you could do something like draw a little love heart on your hand and their hand and let them know that like you're connected by the love heart things like that bridging connection always um but if it's a baby obviously that communication is not going to be there, which makes it a bit tougher. So if it's unavoidable and you're like, I know for a fact that my baby's not necessarily the most chill baby, they're probably going to struggle to go down. But realistically, like you don't have a choice to delay for whatever reason. Maybe you've got a wedding, who knows, a number of things could be going on. It's basically going to come down to the pre-bedtime routine, making sure you've really talked that through with your babysitter and talk to your babysitter about what to do to support them. So maybe it looks like they rock them the whole way to sleep um something like that uh and yeah you know what i'm imagining what i'm imagining there's an episode of malcolm in the middle from way back when i was a kid until right now and hal becomes like this pro bowler but every single time he goes to bowl he adds a new like thing that he has to do before he bowls a ball otherwise he won't get a strike it's literally like that that's a great analogy i'm sure if like, could you, if if I accidentally, like, turned to the left to turn off the light to put my kid down, that isn't necessarily, like, we're not talking that level of detail. No, no. Uh, if I turn is, to right the next time, he's not going to lose right. his bananas. You can turn to the left or to the right. It's more to do with the light being turned off than the direction of which you go about it. So as long as, like, the foundation is the same. And, like, honestly, if it's somebody that – doesn't know your baby, that's the best that you can do is give them all the cues, have all the sleep associations ready to go and really communicate with the babysitter around what your pre-bedtime looks like. Like I would potentially even record it so they can see it the night before. Yeah, it could be – and like the same like same song, like if you do a lullaby or something like that or the same storybook. Like we read read each peach pear plum 
to Oscar every day for probably two years. I could literally recite that book word for word. I would usually take that moment to rest my eyes and I would lie <laughs> there and close my eyes and recite it from from memory because I'd read it so many damn times. I doing this. It's hilarious. I, I, just, I just hear Oscar, Dad, wake up. I fell asleep. I started reeling off like work conversations instead oh, of the, you the do words that of the book. all the time. Because I was half conscious. I started talking about different work things unbelievable not good but we got a quick little lesson on construction documentation so that's fine there we go so yeah just all of those uh cues basically that sleep is coming and really can like really clear conversation with the person looking after your little one talking about how you get them to sleep what that process looks like and what to do if they're really struggling so do they need to rock them do they need to take a break and then try again later do they need to contact you at a certain point all of those things but yeah and now look at you. You like have the boys a day a week all by yourself. You do. At least one day a week. Yeah. yeah. At least you do all their bedtimes, nap times. I would have never known that literally as short as maybe even six or seven months ago, that was a foreign thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's like my, um, it's, it's my thing. It's, it is. You do a great job. And that's it's the thing. Skills. Like that's, that's that practice makes progress. And it wasn't an immediate change, but like every single time you did it easier and easier and easier and you feel more and more confident as well which then makes the process easier because if you have that calm confidence they feel like they're okay like if you know dad's in there settling them they're like oh this is different and I don't and I'm upset about it but look at dad like he's calm he's confident I'm safe I'm okay so that can really help the process too and it opens up your social opportunities as well like exponentially Like if you're not having to be in a particular place every single night, like you specifically, if I'm around, yeah. you know, we we could you could go to the gym, you catch up with a friend for dinner. It's yeah, like it so just changes things a lot. Definitely. And so vice versa, if it so happens to be, you know, which whichever partner is the primary person for settling in the beginning stages. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. It's great. Well, hopefully that gave you guys some good tips and some insights on how we can get other people involved with bedtime. Again, if you want any more information, I have a whole highlight on this over at my Instagram page at the gentle sleep coach, and you're more than welcome to shoot me a DM there and we can have a chat about it more. And we've got some highlights for the chin chin menu in the show. No, okay. <laughs> we don't have any highlights for the chin chin menu. But That's do ridiculous. try the pad CU. Oh, the Padsy U is so good. Anyway, don't go to Chin Chin for your first experience leaving a baby alone just in case there's like some weird connection there and you'll end up getting texts from your mother. Yeah, it's got a bad, it's got a bad. It's got a bad aura. <laughs> oh, mojo. I was going to say mojo. <laughs> Look, I just wouldn't risk it as my first time. Anyway. <laughs> don't risk it. Like, subscribe, share on socials. We'd love you to give us some feedback in the comments and yeah. Help us direct this podcast to the things that matter and the things that people want to hear about. Absolutely. And remember, if you want more information about me or to have access to any of my free sleep tips and tricks, make sure you're following me on Instagram at The Gentle Sleep Coach and flick me a DM. I'd love to chat to you guys there. See you next week. See ya.